again three drink minimum podcast after yet another victory um wasn't able to do it right after the game just because had some things going on a busy weekend my way hope you guys had a good weekend had a friend in town so had to play host got a little bit out of the comfort zone had some fun though went to a polo party it was pretty dope um veterans day obviously i don't know if you guys know this but my dad was a 20-year veteran, so shout out to all the veterans out there. Thank you for what you do. Uh, let's get into the game. So Chargers 20-6 to victory over the Raiders. It's not a rivalry because the Raiders never beat the Chargers, but we will just talk about some of the things that we saw, some of the things that uh, – just some of the takeaways that we have. And the first, uh, the first one was just it seemed like the Raiders would – have some success moving the ball. They were in the Chargers territory for the first three drives. Um, there was, I mean, the good news is that the the Raiders were able to, or the Char- sorry, the Chargers were able to stop the Raiders each time. But you know, it uh, it felt like it'd be one of those weird, quirky games where you know the Chargers would just keep it close and just, you know, in years past, how they might have even lost these kind of games, but. They had some things go their way. They caught some breaks. They made some plays, and they were able to pull away. But the first drive, I thought, was just phenomenal football by Derwin James. He obviously had the big fourth down stop on that drive where the Raiders kind of ran a little end-around trick play with some just motion. And he he didn't bite. He stayed home, and he made the play. And he actually didn't get credited for a tackle for a loss, but – he made the tackle behind the line of scrimmage. So uh, there was a couple stack corrections that I feel like should happen, but uh, who cares? They got stops, and that's what matters. I think that's the sign of a, the defense is trending in the right direction. They were able to get stops when it matters. They got stops. Um, the Raiders were 0 for 3 when they were in the red zone or when they had an opportunity to score. That's big. That's something that the, uh, the Chargers could do a lot better at. I believe they are. I want to say that they're – I think it was 10th. Yeah, so they're they're 10th as of, I believe, heading into yesterday. But they're, like I mentioned, they're trending in the right direction. uh, 45% before the last three games. And I think they held the Raiders to 33%, I want to say. I think they were, or sorry, 0 for 3. So obviously that's going to go down. What I was talking about is 33% third down conversion. So Uh, They're they're just doing a good job on the things that matter. So holding opponents to field goals, not touchdowns, that's a big deal. And getting off the field on third down. So uh, Mandarin was really good that first drive. Uh, He he had some a couple plays in tackle or sorry, a couple plays in coverage and he missed some tackles. But that first drive was just really good stuff on the other hand though just to start the game off i thought that you know just a little bit conservative the charges were pinned 
there was one where Wiz, you know, they had the ball in their own end zone and they went three and out. I think uh, I think Wiz needs to have a little bit more confidence, just play with some more balls, I guess you can say, when it just comes to just doing his offense out of their own end zone. He went run to Watt right up the middle, which, come on, man, that's not going to get you anywhere. Then he went run again, and then they tried to throw the ball on third down, and they basically just punted the possession when – I mean, they've had success. Remember, if you remember, I forgot what game it was, but Tyrell caught like a deep 40 bomb, 40 yard bomb, and that was out of their own end zone. And I mean, they can still pass the ball. It's not nothing really changes. You just have to have confidence in your offense. And they it seems like they do every other play. So that uh that'll be something to keep an eye on as the season goes on, just to make sure or just to see how that aggression changes as they are if they are backed up in their own end zone and speaking of Derek Watt there were a I think so that Derek Watt had Derek Watt had two carries Mike Williams had a carry Travis Benjamin had a carry I think that okay I think that was it so those players had carries before Eckler got his first touch and uh, I think Eckler's first touch went for nine yards and then he had the touchdown call back and in no way am I on the train that I you should take away carries from Melvin Gordon at least anymore. But I do think that, I mean, come on, if you're going to give Watt a fullback dive, why not give Eckler that or at least maybe a sweep or in some sort of misdirection where if you are giving those players touches over Melvin Gordon, that is not the right way to go. And I'm pretty sure – and I, I get that, you know, they're just trying to be – keep the defense off balance and keep him guessing. And I have no problem with that, but you know, just give your best players the ball. And that's when they're at their best or that's when the offense is obviously at their best. When the best players touch the ball, Eckler showed that, you know, when you give him the ball, he can break those runs and he always has that explosive ability. Just why doesn't give you that. Benjamin does, but I mean, he's just a shell of himself. He does, he does not look the same at all. He's just super scared of contact. Um, so one other thing that kind of stood out early in the game was when they were taking the, the deep shots that uh, Rivers balls were just like dying. His pass was just dying in midair. And, and it would be probably, I would say, on all the passes that went over where he had to really have some traje- trajectory on the ball. So that was kind of interesting. And Lynn, Lynn addressed that after the fact in the post game. So he said that they had to kind of – you know, just basically adapt on the fly and change their game plan. And it's changed to a bunch of short passes and, you know, throws where essentially Rivers would have to make a throw on the line. So that uh, that was good to see or good to hear from him, at least just as far as him knowing that they're going to have to make these make these adjustments. And speaking of Lynn, man, he uh, it's been kind of quiet as far as the coach of the year goes but he uh since basically since a year ago so since i think it's week 11 this time last year maybe maybe it was week 10 uh it probably is week 10 that makes sense november 11th and november 11th 2017 anthony lynn is 13 and 3 in his last basically a season's full season's worth of game and i remember just kicking off this season I did like this podcast with the Chiefs bros 
and they were comparing him to like Vance Joseph and saying he couldn't coach and basically saying he's out of his depth and there's no real difference from him and the Chargers last coach, which is, I mean, we all know that that's not true. And he certainly has his deficiencies. I mean, um, there's still some game management issues and, you know, he uh, it took him forever to get over the Caleb Sturgis thing. But I mean, if you cannot see that and, and somebody actually said this to me today, that Lynn is not the reason that the Chargers have a winning record. Is he not the sole reason? Well, yeah, of course, that goes without saying. But I mean, if you can't tell that the culture has changed, players are playing for each other, players are feeding off each other's energy. Like there is a significant difference of how they are playing now compared to when they were playing under just different coaches. Then there's no, I mean, there's not much that, you know, there's not much to discuss at all. But I I feel good about him being the coach of the year, just as far as where it is right now, just because the things I mean, the things that they've had to overcome. And I know that the schedule isn't great, but if you look around, man, it's not like the page, the Patriots certainly don't play a tough schedule, but everybody you have, first of all, you have to play who's on your schedule. Second of all, let's not make it seem like um, the chiefs are playing the toughest schedule either, or uh, the Rams and saints are another good team. It's not like it seem like these guys are facing six and two teams week in and week out. The Patriots just lost to a Titans team that a lot of, um, I mean, a lot of people were saying that were overrated once the Chargers beat them. So I'm sure that'll change now that the Patriots lost. I don't know. I Just getting back to the point, though, it's nice to see Lynn talk about the in-game adjustments and being able to, you know, not stick a square peg into a round hole. If the air quality is bad and you can't make deep throws, adjust. And they did that. And speaking of adjusting on the fly, um, it's probably better that I recorded it now just because – Got news where yesterday, so Sunday, the game, so Denzel Perriman went out and he had x-rays and they were negative. So he went back on the sideline and he thought it'd be good to go. They were pretty confident that he would miss some time, but did not think that he would be out for the season. Thought it would be, you know, a few weeks. That all came to a stop today. So he is out for the season towards ACL, LCL. I don't exactly remember what it was, but so I got a chance to rewatch the game and I kind of, I wanted to see, you know, how they were doing things without Perriman on the field and just how they were kind of adjusting. So let's just say that they are going to have to find somebody that is not on the roster to be able to do what Perriman does. Uh, the physicality just isn't there. So, they started out with um, – I mean, they gave Hayes Pilar a shot. Essentially, they – for the most part, they rolled the dice with just putting Phillips, Adrian Phillips, and Jatavis Brown. So I, both did have a solid game. I thought – I mean, Brown played better. Brown is still just super fast, so he can make a lot of things happen. But uh, Brown is still a little reckless, and he doesn't have that physicality. So what happened to what I saw the Raiders do a lot of times, so if you if you know – Brown will play on the weak side of the formation and all that teams are going to do. And this is what the Raiders did. And they were able to get a couple bigger plays. They will just motion and make Brown on the strong side. So if let's say he's lined up on the left side of the formation, 
they will motion a tight end to his side. And now he is on the strong, like he is the strong side linebacker. And when that happens, he just gets caught up in the wash. He will uh, basically, he'll just run straight and get blocked or get ate up. And um, Phillips or Hayes Pollard or whoever it may be, they, uh, they're unable to get past the linemen. And that's where we, there was a couple longer runs by the Raiders. I think there was an eight-yard run. There was a 16-yard run. I think there was another longer run that I noted down. Just that, I mean, if Perriman's on the field, those runs don't happen. And the in the Broncos game, that might show its face a little bit because they're not a, they're not too shabby of a run of a run uh, running offense. Obviously, Philip Lindsay's super fast and he can make things happen. So. Uh, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to make some adjustments. But I, I want to be very clear where stop. And this sounds really, really silly, but it, just in this day and age, man, stopping the stopping the run, it really isn't that important. And you know, you have to be really, you have to really stick to your game plan if you're going into the game thinking we are going to run the ball to beat this team. That just doesn't happen in today's game. Um, you're. What what usually happens is, especially in the Raiders game, the Chargers just made so many plays chasing on the backside. So Melvin Ingram has really mastered this. He made a few stops chasing from the backside. Derwin James did the same. Um, so once that happens, now you're in second and long, and now you have to throw the ball, or you're in third and long, and you have to throw the ball. So um, – It'll be if you want to run right at the team, you're going to basically test their interior um, D tackle. So I think that those guys have actually been pretty solid. Not great, but they've been good enough. And that's really all it takes to to stop the run or to at least attempt to stop the run because passing is what matters. So but Perriman is a big loss. I mean, just his physicality and. He, he just brings a level of energy, and I don't think that the other guys can match it. Uh, Pilar did make a nice play where he – it almost looked like he knew what the play was. He was basically running towards the direction before the – you know, just like almost as soon as the snap count – as soon as the snap count happened. So that was pretty impressive. But, again, um, I, I imagine they're going to go essentially with Phillips right now and – I don't think that they're going to move Emmanuel back there after after watching the game. It seems like they're pretty comfortable just playing small and basically daring you to run the ball down the field on them. So we will see how that goes. But I'm uh, I'm pretty confident that it'll be Phillips unless they go out, you know, external and get somebody that's not on the roster. So the good news is, speaking of pass rush, I thought that this was – as a unit, by far and away the best pass rush um, that the Chargers were able to muster against the team so far. So, uh, Phylon made a made a play. He had a sack. Uh, Legion had a couple pressures. I think the real surprise was Nuosu, though. And Nuosu beat Colton Miller twice, and one was like an inside move, and one was a nice spin move that he had. Clearly, um, he's been watching old fifty four there, but. It was good to see. It was really good to see. He also had a half sack where he just came on a little stunt, came free. Um, yeah, those guys were getting after Derek Carr. But I think Melvin Ingram deserved just 
all the credit in the world. He was he was pretty incredible on Sunday against the Raiders. He, had, he obviously had the strip sack, but he had a couple other rushes where, man, he he left the tackle basically in the dirt, just reaching for dirt, whether it was a spin move or just like one of his little head fake moves, just because he can out-athlete you. I really think he's taken on a new role with Bosa being out. He just seems like more of a leader and in, in chasing down plays. And I feel like I say that every week, but just watching the game back again, man, this was uh, this was another one of those Ingram vote for all pro type games. Like he was he was really good. So if they get that kind of performance from Nuosu and are able to just get Ingram being Ingram. And all you need is really just a couple splash plays here and there from the, the interior linemen. They get that 99 fella back, man. They can uh, they have a chance to be pretty damn good. That's for sure. Um, just some of the – oh, so early on in the game, obviously the Raiders ran that 42-yard punt fake. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to imagine. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see if we see a little more of that, if we see – Teams try to take advantage of just the special teams in general. That's clearly the Chargers' weak spot at this point. In a shock to nobody, the wide receiver coach from the Vikings turned special teams coordinator. And this dude was uh, George George Stewart, I believe his name is George. Um, he was a wide receiver coach for the Vikings for 10 years. And Lynn signed him to be the special teams coordinator. And as you can see, that has not worked out at all. And we see it almost seems like every week that something is going wrong. And I mean, I'm not I'm not exact. I'm not saying that, you know, the dude should be fired. But, well, something has to happen. Something different has to happen. It seems like there's a special team mistake every week. And, you know, eventually against a better team, one of these one of these is going to show up and cost them. At least that's what it feels like anyways. So <clears throat> something something has to change. But I do wonder if the um, if the special teams is going to if the special teams is going to come back to haunt them. And if um, we see other teams just run more fakes in general. So that, that'll be something to keep an eye on. Uh, talking about Rivers, I, uh, I saw some people just kind of, you know, saying Rivers was out of sync, uh, out of sync yesterday. I actually didn't get that vibe. I do think that he fled the pocket a couple times when he didn't have to, when there was no rush. But uh, Feeney, Feeney and Schofield and Tevi actually got beat a couple times. The line wasn't terrific. I mean, there were they have it set up so where there's just so much protection where if they get beat, like if one person gets beat, there's help. And Pouncey does a really good job of masking a lot of that. And honestly, man, Speaking of pass pro, and I'll get to that in a second, actually, so let's keep it here. But I think just as far as Rivers goes, the his ball placement was honestly as good as it's been on – there was about five throws that were just, man, like how does, how does he fit that pass in there? I think if Gordon stays on his feet, if you guys remember, I think it was second or third down, Gordon leaks out of the backfield, he's running up the field. Rivers throws it right where he needs to be, and, and Gore just loses his feet at the very last minute, reaches out for one hand, but the ball was exactly where it needed to be. That would have been a touchdown pass. I thought the throw to Gates was honestly one of the better throws I've seen from any quarterback this year. He fit it in between like two defenders, and it bounces off Gates' chest, drop, 
in the end zone and like the ball ricochets high in the air. I thought that was an excellent throw. And it, but it's not always like these end zone throws. There was a third and two. He throws to Tyrell in the slot. Uh, Tyrell is he's covered. There's no place to to go. The linebackers all over him, and he kind of like throws him open where Tyrell has to reach, and the linebacker still has to reach across him. But third and two, and they convert it. So there was just a few throws like that where I'm just like, man, this dude is so good. Um, another play that stood out. I think it was later in the game. I want to say it's the fourth quarter. There, the Raiders. I think they brought a blitz, and Rivers just picks it up so quickly. And as soon as Virgil Green like clears a linebacker, he throws it over his head, twenty-three yards, and just within like a split second, just the things that he sees and like his ability to process what the defense is doing. Compared to like when you watch these other younger QBs, and I know he's been in the league or he's been around forever, but it's just still so impressive to watch him do work, man. And I was trying to, in my head, make an excuse for that interception because the interception was bad. Um, what I wanted to say was it was third down. He, first of all, he shouldn't have left the pocket, but it was third down. Knew that they didn't have any receivers open. Knew that his punter has a noodle leg. So he took it upon himself to just heave it up, make the off, make the Raiders offense go a long ways because Donnie Jones can't kick the ball very far. So let's just say that's exactly what Rivers was attempting to do. That uh, that makes sense to me. Uh, keeping it on the offensive side, I think, man, what we saw from Gordon and Eckler, just I mean, in like a pass protection from a pass protection point of view. So those two, especially Gordon, I think Eckler did it twice, but I think Gordon did it like four times, honestly, where they just picked up linebackers and they just kind of stoned them. And I mean, they cut them, but they got them out of the, they got them out of the way. And that's all you need to do. Just being in the right position, a lot of running backs, just they can't even get that far. And that's half the battle right there. But Gordon stuck a couple guys, man. And, I think it's really, really good to see him just play with confidence, play fast. And I said it last week where I think the rest did him a lot of good. And we saw a little bit of the same again where, man, he just he looks fast. He looks fresh. He's making guys miss. Uh, he's making some cuts. I think there was one where I was like, oh, don't. Yeah, you got to cut back. or You got to see that. But, I mean, there's other ones where he he's just he's doing what he's supposed to. So. Yeah, I think, uh, man, low-key, he might be the team MVP. And I said that a few weeks back, and that's when Rivers was Rivers was hot. But when he sat out against the Titans, I think that was a really good argument for him. And now, man, it looks – he's hot right now. He's, he, what, like over 100 yards or 120 yards. He has a streak going on that only Jamal Charles has done. I forgot exactly what it was, but he's looking good, man. I whatever. So, I mean, not to go negative, but getting back to running the ball, these uh, I can do without these Travis Benjamin carries, man. They're not going anywhere. It's two weeks in a row where it's gone for a negative. Just I mean, Keenan, shoot, you don't have to be like a speedster to get 20 yards and Keenan's shown that. Um, But yeah, let's just uh, let's just cut that out of the playbook. Don't need to give him don't need to get him involved. 
Um, I don't mind a target or two on, like, let's say a comeback, but uh, that should be the extent of the Travis Benjamin story. Speaking of receivers, uh, what happened to Mike Williams? He kind of went AWOL, and he wasn't exactly open. So I think they're going to have to have one of these uh, one of these guys step up. Tyrell's done a really good job of that. He actually had two routes where – so he caught the deep ball that he had to wait on. Um, it looked like Rivers underthrew it just a little bit. I think that was early, and that was uh, one of the air quality quotes that Lynn was talking about. But on that route, he made the DB – like he just gave him a little head fake and he he kind of he created some separation there. But like his best route came, it was on like a third and short. And he it looked a lot like Kenny. He ran like a little whip route, which is so you just kind of fake like you're going inside and then cut outside. It's a really quick route, like under five yards. And he had the DB stumbling and he had like three, four yards of separation. It was really impressive, man. So uh, it's really good to see Tyrell be consistent this last month, and they need that. They can't just rely on Keenan against, you know, the better defenses because defenses are going to scheme to take him away, and you just have to have threats. So Tyrell's been that guy, and that's that's uh, it's really nice to see. Uh, what else? What else did I notice? Um, yeah, you know, sacks are fun, man. It's it's good that Derwin play where he. Uh, he basically ran full speed into the running back and just laid him all the way out. And Rochelle got a sack because of that. But Melvin Ingram had the strip sack, and that was just a great move by him. Uh, how many? I'm trying to think, see how many. So they finished with four or four. But um, Nuosu and Nuosu had that half sack. Rochelle had one on that on that uh, Derwin play. Uh, Phylon had one. I think that was he split one with. Who else did get that? I think it might have been Melvin. I'm not, I don't remember exactly, but uh, four sacks, five sacks, however you want to say it. They were the team was credited with uh, nine QB hits, which is good to see. But I think that kind of just speaks to uh, just how I was talking about the pass rush, man. They, they were just, they were really good. They were getting after it. And one of the biggest takeaways that I thought you saw, um, one of the biggest takeaways that I saw was. It seemed like when the Chargers were on the field, they had 11 sprinters, like 1,100-meter dash runners, compared to the Raiders had just like mile runners, a bunch of long-distance dudes. And the Chargers just beat them to the spot on almost every level. And the the Raiders' game is quick, so like they want to throw these screens and throw these quick passes, and that just didn't work. Jatavis was flying around. He led team in tackles. Uh, Derwin made a bunch of plays around the ball. But it was – it was a lot of guys. It was a group effort. Uh, Desmond King could have had a couple of tackles, but he missed some. But those were the tackles that don't really bother me because he's in the mix and he's at the line of scrimmage. So he misses one, and there's other guys right there to clean it up. So that was really good to see. And they're just playing fast. And that's why it doesn't really bother me that they can go small with Phillips because though he will make some bad reads at linebacker, uh, he just makes up for it in the past game. He's just so much better than what they would try out there at linebacker. So fast is good, man. So um, one thing that I would ask, what when do you guys think the streak will end? I Even with Denver getting a bye, I really don't think it's going to be this week. And they're kind of reeling. And 
with losing to Marius Thomas, I think that'll be a big deal just for their offense. Their defense is actually still really good, but I don't know, man. Case Keenum is just – he's good for a turnover, and the Chargers thrive off that. And I just I just don't see um, – I just don't see Denver being able to put up enough points, even though they do have some skill guys that I like. Like I mentioned, I do think Philip Lindsay is legit. Manuel Sanders is obviously good. Cortland Sutton has a chance to be good, but that doesn't matter. You know, have a quarterback, and that doesn't matter if you can't block. And I don't think that the Broncos can do either of those things. And a lot of times when you watch their defense, though they are good and they do have numbers, there is a lot of loafing going on where uh, they they kind of just go through the motions. And, I mean, that's what veterans do at this point when they know that they're not going to make the playoffs. So that shouldn't come as too much of a surprise. So I don't think it's going to be – against the Broncos, definitely don't think it's going to be against the Cardinals. When they get into December, that's when they go. I, I don't exactly remember the order, but I know they have Bengals, they have Chiefs, they have Ravens, and they have Steelers. So December is going to be a fun one, and it'll probably come to an end at some point. But, uh, man, they have a chance to keep reeling it off. And if they lose one game, man, if they can get out of December – sorry, if they can get out of – November, these next two wins, and then they can if they just split in December, going twelve and four, man. There's you would have to be the most optimistic of optimistic fans to say at the beginning of the year they would have won twelve games. I was convinced that they would have won nine games. I thought they would drop Seattle. I even thought that they would drop Seattle um, even after last week's win. So that was a good. That was a big win, and. Being able to split against the AFC, that would be big as well. I just, man, of all the games, I just cannot. I don't think I could take another loss to the Chiefs, man. Have to break that streak. Have to basically, I think if they I think if they are able to beat the Chiefs, that'll do a lot for their psyche just as a team. But we'll see, man. Um, that's that's a little down the line. And, you know, they, they have to take care of business here. Um, just so just kind of recapping real quick. Oh, that was that was hilarious just with Legit saying so Legit was asked about like the the whole air quality and whatnot. And he said, uh, cancel it out the weed smell we usually get in Oakland, which can confirm. Uh I was just there a couple weeks ago and I was like, Oh damn, yeah, that uh that's that's it. That's the weed, but man, they uh they have a chance. They I really do think they have a chance to go 12 and four, which is kind of crazy, man. Um, not, I don't think there's much else to talk about, uh, about the game. I, when rivers went down, um, I think it was, uh, Oh, so when they had that roughing the passer, which was a, a terrible call, I thought that was uh pretty weak on Schofield's part to just kind of let that ride. And we saw at the end of the game, we saw uh, Russell Kuhn do basically the exact opposite. And if you watch the defensive players like Adrian Phillips and Derwin got into it with one of the Raiders, you see like everybody playing for each other. So I I, uh, I was kind of hoping that Schofield would, you know, stick up for his quarterback. You're not going to let somebody just flop on your quarterback like that. But it happened, whatever, it's over. And I, I imagine it was addressed because Okung acted out later in the game. But they – uh. Man, they're they're hot right now, and there's there's not really too much to be you know. 
there's not much to be uh, down on with this team. They're doing a lot of things right. And, I mean, if you want to be, like, nitpicky, there's some things that the Raiders could have taken advantage of. They probably could have thrown some more crossers and t- um, they could have just simply caught the ball. But uh, Carr was shook in the pocket, man. Uh, Chargers made another player retire. Uh, Jordy Nelson retired today. So who is going to be the Broncos player to retire? My bet is, let's say, Pac-Man Jones. Uh, let's say Adam Jones, whatever his name is, whatever he's calling himself these days. Uh, that is my guess. So, yeah, I think that's it, man. I think uh, we pretty much covered everything. On Wednesday at 12 Pacific, 1 Mountain Time, I'm going to be on the Chargers Reddit doing an AMA, Ask Me Anything. I have no idea how it's going to go, but um, I'm going to take a lot of questions for basically about an hour, hour, 20 minutes, see how it goes, and we'll go from there. So that's all I got for today. Hopefully, you know, when I come back here, we will see seven wins in a row. Uh, Go team. Thanks. Hey, I'm Anil Dash, and I'm the host of a new show called Function from the Vox Media Podcast Network and Glitch. This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech. Why do so many celebrities use screenshots from that Apple Notes app to make their public apologies when they screw up? You can find new episodes of Function every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function.